0: Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Today, we listen into part two of my presentation to these middle schoolers um, here at Salem First Baptist, and it's questions that they had asked in their small groups um, at the end of last time. So, here we're addressing um, topics like um, gender and stereotypes and the, what the truth is about that, and who am, who am I attracted to, what is romantically attracted and sexually attracted, um, and what the difference is, and what's healthy, what is sexual immorality. Um, lust, um, what it is and isn't, and then how do I live with others with a different worldview? So this is uh, my presentation to them, answering some of those questions. And again, I hope this is a blessing to you and your family.
1: Hello, I love this topic. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wow. Sex guy's back.
0: <laughs> so yesterday I had a student come into class and go, I just found out you know Spanish. So I started talking to him for a few minutes and he was like, whoa, you're good. (laughs) It's funny is no one thinks I do. Why? (laughs) Because you're white. (laughs) Because I don't look like it. We make assumptions about everything, everyone, everybody, by so many of the ways that we present ourselves. What we talked about this past time, um, the idea of created order and disorder. We live in a broken world. When I came to the United States, so by the way, I grew up in South America. When I came to the United States, I was a senior in high school, and I went to college the next year thinking I was gonna do one thing, which was find a wife. Something that might be on some of your minds a little bit. It didn't happen that way. Actually, I went to college and it was rough. Still dealing with English and language stuff, dealing with girls, all that crazy stuff, and trying to figure out who I was. Some of you love music, some of you love music a lot. Some of you sang and give your hearts to it. Others you stand bored because it's not your thing. We're all very different. We're gonna look at that today. We're gonna look at a lot about gender and and sexuality. Because when it comes to you, this is the part we're gonna dive back into and looking at who am I? Now where did we go last time? We looked at these key things. Marriage is between one man and one woman. Years later, I met my wife. Uh, Here's a great picture of us next to my other thing I like, motorcycles. Well, why? Why is that a big deal to me? Actually, in part of my journey as a young man and, and teenager, I didn't fit in with the other boys. I was not athletic. I did soccer until I broke. I think I had 15 casts, and finally I took the hint, and I moved on to other things. And I started doing more music stuff and found that I just loved it. That was my heart. That was my passion. I loved art. I loved all that kind of stuff. But also realizing it doesn't quite fit in with other people and around me, what's around me. And it's interesting because as a, as a new, new in the United States, no freedom. That's what I grabbed onto was motorcycles. Not realizing later, it was actually even more important. Because it was, it was something that culture deemed masculine. Is that really a good thing? Maybe, maybe not. But that's kind of why I grabbed onto it. Later, I'd actually, I grabbed onto it because I was diagnosed with an incurable disease that I had to deal with. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And my life just started going downhill through graduate school and and beyond. What's crazy is I met my wife later in my 20s with a diagnosis and and doctors telling me that I would not ever work again and that I would have no life basically and I'd be homebound. It was crazy, is she said yes to marry me when I, with that pronouncement, I walked with a cane at 27 years old. At 28, we got married, and it's amazing to see what happened. How she's now been a stay at home mom for 13, 14 years. And we've had a very different life because those doctors weren't correct in terms of the, the prognosis on my life, the, the, almost like the curse, if you will, is what it felt like. My desire for marriage was a big one, but even the identity with motorcycles, that was another big part of me and part of my story. The other one was my own even wrestling with gender. What does it mean to be male? You are a male or a female, there is no in between. But what does that mean? There's so much beauty in who you are. We're gonna look at that again today. We're gonna dive into that. Then the other one is sexuality. This is about stewardship. It has been found that the one key thing that can devolve a civilization, and this is so interesting to see, secular research say this, the one thing to devolve a whole civilization is actually sex before marriage and marriage not being something that's a commitment for life. That's astounding, sex before marriage and marriage not being a commitment for life, as in the value of the family. Some of you value it like crazy because you grew up in a great home. Some of you don't know what to think because life's been difficult. But what's interesting is when you take a husband and you take a wife and you bring them together, a male and a female, it does this. They multiply. Babies come. But here's what's interesting about that. My wife and I thought we couldn't have kids. We, when we got married because of all the drugs they pumped through me and all that I went through, they didn't think we were going to be able to have kids. And so it was amazing. And Kelly, I actually cried when I found out we were pregnant. My wife was actually depressed because she did not, was not ready for that. Because she, even in her own heart, had decided that we would never be parents. And so it's amazing to see that blessing. Why? Because there's others that have the other side of that equation where they aren't able to become parents. There's something about the value of you and I in terms of parents. And yes, two of those people up there in this room, Blaze and Miley, and Blazes Psycho. <laughs> so, thinking back about you, these are the questions we're going to look at today. Who am I attracted to? Who am I first? Who am I attracted to? What should my standards be for relationships? What could go wrong? And then, how do I live with others with a different worldview? That's what we're going to look at today. Really, really important. And as I said last time, it's going to be a fire hose. When you think of the scripture that I'm gonna put up here, even if you're trying to write stuff down, write down just the part I have in kind of a different color. Those are the kind of points that I really want you to think about as we go through this. Now, last last week the word that I came to that goes with you is actually this word surrender. This is what you and I are called to. We don't want to. You want to be in control, I want to be in control, I want to be right. It doesn't work that way for me, for me to be in a relationship. I cannot me be right and be in a relationship because you think you're right too and things fall apart. And that's where this other word is really important, service, that we talked about last time.
1: My life is about service
0: to others. If you actually if you look at what I've done in my whole adult life, I've been a, a marriage and family therapist for 22 years serving other people. Professor for 17 years, serving other people. Think about all the different jobs that you could think of, and your, your parents do, or others do. So much of what we do, even in jobs, is serving other people. And it's amazing to think about how each of you fit into a different place, a different, um, like a, a cog in a wheel, like you're in a different part of the whole. And here's where it gets really interesting. When you talk about gender, Masculine and feminine. What is, what is this? What is this construct, if you will? It's not something that we invented. We're acting like we invented it nowadays. You were born male or female. But this word masculine and feminine, we've kind of made a list of what is masculine and what is feminine. Like I kind of laugh about that when I think about how we would say, well, it's a cooking is feminine. Go online and look at all the shows. Who are they led by? Over half of them are men. Art, or being an artist, painting. So many incredible artists that are male. Musicians. We think about music sometimes. They go, that's girls. No, it's not. Yet we get caught up in this. And this is where you and I start wrestling with who am I when it comes to gender. What I want to say, like the simple answer to that is you're born male or female, period. Now what you do with that... It's up to you and God's creativity. Then, when I actually figured out that I can like the things that I like, but still be male, I had more freedom to be who God wanted me to be, to have skills that I had versus trying to hide them. And and it was really empowering. And and um, I don't know, just your whole future changes when you think about that. But here's the truth: the truth is, it's freedom with boundaries. Where are those boundaries? The boundaries are how God created us in terms of male and female and how we interact. What is the point of all this? What is the point of creation of male and female? That we talked about last time. It is actually, I mean, kind of a simple version of this, to then come together and create families and and create the world that we actually live in. You're meant to actually come together and be married. Will all of you get married? No. But you're actually meant to. You're meant to be in relationship with. But here's where it really gets fun. Prior to marriage, these relationships you have now are so important. The friendships you have now are so important because they shape you. The family you're in, good, bad, or ugly, emphasis on the ugly part sometimes, just kidding. <laughs> you're, they shape you. Your moms and your dads and your siblings and aunts and uncles and who you hang around shape you. And we have freedom, but there are boundaries of of that. And one of those boundaries is you're born male or female. You're not the other. But how you live that out is actually kind of exciting too. Now another piece of this is attraction. Who am I attracted to? Now the question that came up was, what is the difference between romantically attracted and sexually attracted? And it's funny, as soon as I saw that, my first thought were these these two words. Romantically is about relationship. But sexually, if we're not careful, this is about selfishness and even animalistic. Because too often what we do with attraction is I am sexually attracted to this person and I don't see them as a person. I take them. And you and I need to guard our hearts from that big time. But that's not actually how you were created. And when it comes to this word attraction, kind of building again off what I even talked about last week with that, is the truth is this is bad data. Now what do I mean by that, bad data? Who you're attracted to does not tell you much about who you're going to be or who you're going to even marry. It doesn't sustain a relationship long term. Who you're attracted to just actually shows you kind of what you got used to looking at. I was attracted to, I mean very much attracted to, dark skin, dark hair, Hispanic, as in Chile, as in Chilena, where I grew up, the girls I grew up around. And so the irony, I married a white redhead. Still, it still baffles me sometimes. And what's funny is when my wife and I went out on our first date, after we got it done with the date, we shook hands. And we were just kind of like, I said, can I ask you out again? She's like, sure. Cause I had just overwhelmed her with my whole story. And she said, yes, just to be nice. Um, we were not attracted at all to each other. Second time we went out, we saw each other every day afterwards. But I remember the day when all of a sudden I was like, wow, this is a beautiful woman. Yes, there was the physical, but it was way more than that. It's who she was, what she stood for. That's going to be one of the most important things. So this gets into this really next, this next piece is so important. So what should my relationship standards be? What you will not put up with. That's the simple answer. What you will not put up with. Now, what are the things that you could even think of if you were to make a list of what I would never put up with this? It's kind of a fun exercise, if you will. Let me give you a a few ideas. Look at these. Abusive. Addicted. Needy. Poor work ethic. Lives off, off others. Zero motivation. No dreams. Insecure. Faithless. What if these were on your list? You know what what I've just done? If you actually grab onto that list, I saved saved you a lot of heartache. Because there are going to be a lot of attractive people that are going to fit into that list right there that you should run to the hills from. And if you know what you will not settle less for, then you can look at a person and go, yeah, no thanks. Because they don't have a faith that actually shows life. I met this girl one time um, when I was in graduate school, and I only saw her one time at this dance. And I asked her out. Now, we danced a little bit. they asked her out. She, I never saw her again because every time I called her, she was too busy working at this ministry and serving here and serving there. And every time I talked to her on the phone, she got more attractive. Why? Because her life was about other people. Never saw her again. hope she's doing well. <laughs> There's other people that I remember thinking that were attractive that you find out are these things. What I what breaks my heart is how many of you even now have been in, in relationships that you probably shouldn't have been in, and you've been harmed by those. Because they were abusive. Somebody was addicted to something and, and trapped. Someone was so needy. Someone had zero work ethic you see why these matter? This is so important for you to actually really know what you wouldn't settle for. This is the like absolutes. I saw this, this meme yesterday. I thought this was really good too. Two engaged virgins. Friendship, courtship, marriage, sex. Hmm. I wonder who thought that up. There's an order to it. But what have we done? We've done one really important thing that's actually... I would say almost even a curse to you. It's a um, setup to fail for you. We've separated sex from babies. Every time two people come together, a man and a woman, and have sex, they are meant to make a baby. Every time. Now, thank goodness it doesn't happen because then parents would have hundreds and hundreds of babies. But... Every time you come together, so if you think of your age and teenagers and what's coming in high school, the temptation and the stress and the angst, if you have sex, you are saying that you're ready for a baby. That's the simple answer. That's not the way most of us think. Some of you are going, what in the world is he saying? Why, because we've actually made sex about fun, and sex about just doing whatever I feel in the moment. And what actually happens to that, A guy walks away unscathed in a sense He thinks he is It plays out really poorly later But most women don't walk away unscathed Not even to mention STDs You know, diseases, that kind of stuff But even sometimes the most feared STD Pregnancy They walk away with that And it's seen as a curse It's not meant to be Babies are a gift from God Now where does all of this go wrong? What's well, a phrase that you've seen in a lot of the different verses that we've read and looked at? Sexual immorality. Sexual immorality is where this goes wrong. I'll look at this verse here. But among you, there were, was, must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because there's, these are improper for God's holy people. Now, my first thought when I see this is that's an indictment on every single one of us. We're all in trouble here. When you think of even these other, other words. If you look at all the lists in scripture. When we pick out one little piece in scripture. It, take, it takes us all down. We all need a savior. We all need Christ. We all need to die to ourselves. But yet we're bent towards ourselves. Now I don't like this. Even sexual immorality kind of sounds weird. And so what is this really about? This is, becomes my life becomes about me. Selfishness So think about sex Sex is going to be about selfishness What can I take from you What can I get from you It doesn't matter if it hurts you It doesn't matter if it harms you in the end It doesn't matter if you walk away And have to deal with a life of pain Or disease or a baby even That's so selfish What it is is actually sin As we talked about last time This is sin Now, look at this verse here. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's where you and I are at if we're not careful. What you heard at school, what you've seen in TV shows, the movies you've played, the games you've played, we are numb. We are numb to the pain of the consequence of sex being outside of God's design, which is in marriage. There is a design, and it has has a place, and there's a consequence. Now, what is sexual immorality? There's lots of ways we can think about this or talk about this, but this word lust comes to mind. We've probably talked a lot about that in different circles. Lust. I love this this definition. It's desire gone mad. You and I were created to desire. Attractions are normal and healthy. Desire is normal sexual desire is very normal and I know that's a hard thing to manage at your age especially, it's, it's normal and there's all sorts of levels of that, so what is lust? Lust is when desire what God created you to do and feel and, and experience has gone mad is out of control, is out of the bounds of what God created as in, it's back to that word, stewardship what else is it? Sexual play with your boyfriend or girlfriend. There are boundaries. The sexual doesn't happen right now with each other. That's sexual immorality. Any genital contact. This is that line that has to get drawn. Of that is saved for marriage. Why? What I said in the beginning. Civilizations rise and fall based off of this one piece. If they get this right... It changes our world. If they get this wrong, the world devolves. Where we're at right now in our culture, our current culture, is we're in a the second end of second, entering the third generation of the 1960s revolution, sexual revolution, and it takes about three generations for things to set in and for the norm to be do whatever you want with your sex life. It's yours. You do you. Be happy. It's all about you. It's not about other people, and that's what you're entering into. If you think of your high school friends, siblings, that's what they're living, so many of them. And what I would want for you is to be a someone that is set apart, that is different than them. And the last point there, they are not yours. What we see with sex is I take someone. You're for my gratification. If we act like it's mutual, it doesn't tend to be mutual. It tends to be one pressure and and one giving up, if you will. Now, what is it? It can go both ways. Boys pressuring girls, girls pressuring boys. It can go both ways, but what does it tend to be? It tends to be boys pressuring girls. And the boundary, of if you actually lay that aside and don't even see that as an option, the temptation actually lessens, by the way. It was amazing when I dated my wife, there was sexual desire, but there was almost zero temptation to cross that line until we were married. Because my wife and I had both made that commitment years before we met, that that line will not get crossed until after our wedding day. Why is that important that you make the decision earlier, and we're talking about this now? Because then when you're in the pressure of the moment, of the stress and the hormones and all that, you can actually have enough wherewithal to know that you've already made this decision, I don't need to make it now. So, so important. Now let's dive into some scripture that actually really backs this up. Galatians 5, we're going to look at 5:16 through 6:10. We're just going to look at the first part first here. So here in the beginning, verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. You're consenting to him, the Holy Spirit guiding you. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I see that tells us something. You're going to want to crave, you're going to crave, you're going to want things that are not of God. The simple nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the simple nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out the good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation with the law of Moses. When you are directed by the spirit, that's you deciding to not have you be front and center, the center of the universe, whatever you think, feel, want. It's actually thinking of others. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear, and here's that list. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, of anger, selfless ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. High school. (laughs) Isn't that what it said right there? Doesn't have to be. Actually, it makes me sad when I see that this is normal in high school or in college. Cause it doesn't have to be you can actually come out of those seasons having had, had rich relationships strong bonds with people great adventures without a lot of baggage or wondering what happened last night because you were a little too tipsy let me tell you again so i had before that so i had before that anyone one living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of god this is a huge indictment it's like whoa this is kind of scary here But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is what our our, um, instructions are to to have, to be. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Why? This is what we did. This is what you and I do. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. I said no to what I wanted. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. That really indicates what we're going to talk about at the end, about how we live in community with others. We don't beat them over the head. We actually live in relationship. So what is sexual immorality? This isn't worse than any other sin. Some of you probably already have baggage when it comes to this stuff. Some of you already looked at porn and you shouldn't have. Some of you were addicted to porn. You're stuck looking at stuff you shouldn't. And I would say fess up to someone you trust. Why? Because it, once it gets you, it's hard to let go of that kind of stuff. But there is a con- different consequence to sexual sins in terms of the body and in terms of even the consequences in relationships. Sex is not bad. Sex is a great thing in the right context. Marriage. There's a boundary around that. Why? Because it's incredible to have that experience when you're not worried about the consequences. Oh my gosh, what if? Oh my, oh my, what if we're pregnant? What if, what if, what if? You don't have to worry about that. Or even worse, what's your name again? That's terrible. Temptations and attractions are not sin. The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants you tempted. He wants to take you out. He wants to put things in your way and in your path. You have attractions to same-sex or opposite-sex or people that you shouldn't even be attracted to that you have to decide, you know what, I need to crucify those. I need to die to those. Those are not who God wants me to be. And again, they are not yours. What we've done with sex is we've made it where people, others, become property. Others become something I can take. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 through 10 says, "Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And this right here makes us go, whoa, because I can probably find myself in some of these lists here. But the next verse is where it gets exciting. Some of you were once like that. Why? What what happened? But you were cleansed. You were made holy. You were made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the spirit of our God. That's why we do this every night, every Tuesday night, that we come together. That's why the church exists. It's for us to come and actually make this commitment, if you will. So the last point that I want us to really think about is how do I live with others with a different worldview? This is where it gets really Hard when I have friends of mine that I'm living with that don't believe the same that I believe. Simple answer, it's not about you convincing them, arguing with them, fighting with them. It isn't about that at all. It's about being in relationship with. Here's the messages that you're receiving from these individuals, these friends of yours. It's not acceptance, it used to be acceptance. It's not even celebration, it's actually participation. What does that mean? It's not enough for you to just be to accept someone who's either gay or lesbian or bisexual, who's saying, who that's their saying that's their identity. You need to not only celebrate it either, you need to participate in it. Boundary, no. And we're going to see what that boundary is. And it's the simple answer is when you follow Christ's laws, if you will, Christ's desire for you. Then the other one that worries me is this one. Some of you, your biggest influence is your online peers. Discord channels, chat rooms, online gaming with people you've never met and never will meet and don't have a clue who they really are. Be careful who you let influence you. You do need to have boundaries around some of that. Your parents cannot monitor all that. I talk to the parents all the time. Most of them are clueless. You're smarter than them when it comes to tech, and you can get around anything, even when they set up certain boundaries around some of the tech stuff. And here's what's hurting most of us. Some of you might be in this this list and why it's so important. What's stunting our growth? Excessive video game play. We're losing boys because of how much people will choose gaming over actual friendships. I don't mean playing video games here and there for an hour or two even. It's when I choose that over real people. This is when it crosses that line. Porn crosses that line. What we're learning from porn, men learn to abuse women because that's what's in the videos. Women learn to be, learn to take the abuse, and they think that's normal. That's not okay. It's back to that list of you would never tolerate someone that would treat you that way and how important that is. Absent fathers is another big one. A dad may be there, but he's not all there. That's why the, the guys in this room are so important in your lives to be an influence on you. Because sometimes we don't have a dad that does. Irresponsibility. Being skillless. And sad to social media. Honest truth is none of you should have social media. You do. Some of you do. You shouldn't have it till you're probably 18. Why we know the damage that it does is too much. It's too great. It's basically handing you a pistol loaded and saying, Here, figure it out. It's so dangerous. And so your stewardship of that needs to be in relationships with others where you are protecting yourself from yourself because of what it can do. Which is so, so important. Let me give you something that's really important for this final answer. The idea of love. I want to define love in a different way than you've probably thought about it. Love is actually going to be relationships. The relationships you build with Those that disagree with you. What does it look like? It's going to be time in person, face-to-face. Sorry, the online relationship doesn't cut it. It's kind of like being in love with someone who's in prison you've never met and you're just, no. It's face-to-face, so critical. Having standards. Knowing what you will not settle for. The limits that you'll have when it comes to, to the relationships. The ones that I see are how many women I see who are being abused by a a guy and they keep taking it because they think, well, this is just what life is supposed to be like. No, absolutely not. Accountability, you're not meant to do this alone. You're not meant to do any of this alone. If you're in one, get help. Bad relationship, get help. If you're stuck, get help. Find someone that you can talk to. Again, that's why everyone that's here tonight, the adults are here to serve you, to love you, and to be that safe place. And it's other centered. When it becomes about me, it falls apart. That's not how we were meant to to do this. This is relationships. The second one is boundaries. What do these boundaries look like? Know and live by a biblical worldview. Know and live by a biblical worldview. Know the Bible. Know what it says. Know what it's calling you to. And it's wooing you to. It wants you, God wants you to want Him and want the best for your life. He's gonna set you up to have a much better life than if you were in charge. And then be a safe place. Be someone that a friend can talk to. And you're not gonna judge them and tear them apart or beat them over the head. You're gonna love them and listen to them. But in the end, you're drawing them closer and closer to the cross through relationship with them, through being someone that they'll listen to. And then this number right here, 3%. Three percent of people, LGBTQIA plus people that actually walk away from the church, walk away because they weren't loved. Sorry, the other way around. Three percent, ninety-seven percent walk away because they're not loved. Only three percent walk away. Why? Because of your theology. As in because of you stand you stood your ground and said no, there's a line in the sand between what you do sexually. So standing on a biblical sexual ethic, only 3% of people are going to walk away. 97% of people are going to go, okay, you can have that opinion if you're a loving person and caring for them and listening to them in a safe place to talk. Your friends need you. Your friends that are struggling or need you. Some of you have siblings that are struggling. They need you. They need you to be patient with them. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Colossians 3.12. This is what you and I are called to. When you go, as you go to your small groups, I want you to a- answer some questions that your leaders are going to have. Um, this, this is so important for you to think about. How, how are stereotypes about gender hurting me? Do I understand the importance of not listening to my attractions alone? What are my standards for a close relationship? What is sexual immorality and how can I live as a mature Christian? How can I better love my friends by holding to a stronger biblical sexual ethic, not lessening it? Bless you guys. Off to small rooms. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. And one more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.